Hi, everybody. Welcome into another edition of the Live Epstein Editing Podcast. How's the camera over there? I, I got excited. I hit the computer. Man, you just woke <laughs> you me up. You did that last week, too. You hit the computer <laughs> I think last so. week. And I, I, you know, anyway. All right. Welcome in. Hello, everybody. Great start to episode 136. Our topic today, managing expectations. And this is a good topic because we're underway in the Major League Baseball season when this episode does come out on Monday at 9 a.m. Like every new episode, Mondays at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. The first weekend of Major League Baseball will be completed. So here we are, managing expectations, episode 136. And there's some some things about managing expectations I've written down that we need to discuss because, uh, I don't know, there's certain oddities about this topic that I find very interesting, and I think that we can break it down in related to hitting here today. All right, so let me bring in professional evaluator, successful business owner, my former coach, friend and co-host. He's got the camera steady now. Jacob. We'll see how long that lasts. Yeah. Hello, Jacob. How are you? Hey. I'm doing quite well this morning. Excited. Did anybody ever call you Jacob uh, growing up, by the way? No. No. You know how many times I've gotten the question, hey, does, has anybody ever called you, like, what they call you growing up, like Jimmy, James? I'm like, I just call me fucking Jim. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter what I was called growing up. Just call me Jim now. <laughs> yeah. I've gotten that so many times. You go by Jimmy? Oh, that's so cute. Jimmy. No, just Jim's fine. Yeah. Jim's fine. Keep you it know, simple. My middle, my middle name's Anthony. You know? Yep. Oh. Yeah, no, I had, uh, you know, my nickname is, a, I guess, was when I was a young player, it was Bull, because I was like a bull in a china shop. Somebody said that once, and then it mm. stuck. That's funny, I called assisting... my sister that a couple of weekends ago. Yeah, so that one <laughs> that one stuck for, for quite a while, probably all the way through high school. And then I got to college, and it, it went away, but uh, yeah. All right, topic today. Episode 136, please subscribe to the podcast. Leave a review. If you leave a review on the first part of this episode, I'm sure that it won't be too positive, but that's okay. You know, I always tell Jake, you know, stay to the camera. All right. Stay to the camera. Stay. Yeah. It was like two <laughs> seconds into the show. I already. <laughs> Hi, everybody. The Boom. The camera goes fucking flying. Um, episode 136 today, managing expectations. So subscribe to the podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts and listen and watch on YouTube, the lab Epstein hitting podcast, YouTube page. All right. We've got some great topics, by the way, coming up this year. We're going to be discussing, we're going to be talking more about facing an ACE. We're going to be putting together more plans about facing an ACE at the major league level. I think we've got Max Scherzer coming up. Um, let me think who else, Zach Wheeler, who got hit around pretty bad on Saturday against the Rangers pitching for the Phillies, but we'll be doing that. And uh, another topic that I find uh, very interesting, Jake, we'll be doing later on this year, 25 years of coaching, 25 lessons. So you're going to give me out of your 25 years of coaching, or actually 25 plus, I'm, I'm probably shortchanging you there. No, you are. Right? It's 20, 20, 20. I'm not that old yet. I mean, okay. I am old. But you've been doing this you know, for a long time. I've been doing time. this since 2003, so 19 years. Okay. So 20. Okay. We'll do no, 20, no, no, years. 20 years. Yeah. 20 years of coaching, 20 years of lessons, the 20 yeah. lessons that you learned from coaching. And we're going to be doing that later in the year as well. So we've got some good topics coming up today, of course. Uh, oh, in a couple of weeks too. batters box subtleties. What does that mean? We'll explain in a couple of weeks. We'll talk about it because there are some subtleties that can put you ahead as a hitter that you need to do in the batter's box. Um, but today, episode 136, Managing Expectations, that's our topic. And I do want to talk about something watching a lot of Major League Baseball. 
over this past weekend. MLB, I'll give MLB.TV this. They are very expensive. MLB.TV, it's a very expensive thing, um, streaming thing. By the way, I do want to say this too. To all of you cord cutters out there, I said this a year ago. I said all of these bundles, and you, you with your daughters, you probably probably know what I'm talking about here. All of these bundles, the Netflix, the Hulu's, you know, all these these networks that say you can get this, you know, Paramount Plus, for example, right, or or NBC Plus or Peacock. It's called Peacock, not NBC Plus. All of these bundles are costing you money that you would pay for regular cable. That's why I'm not a cord cutter. I understand why people are doing it, but I don't understand it anymore because there's so many bundles out there. But I have, I do have MLB.TV. I do have that. And YouTube TV, by the way, they just up their price. So why don't you just stick with regular cable? But I have MLB.TV because I can watch like five games at one at one time. Yeah. Literally, you can watch like there's like five games. It's like the Octo Box on NFL Red Zone. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm watching um, Major League Baseball, a lot of games, and I'm watching Bo Bichette, and I've watched him throughout spring training. Jake, and I want to get your opinion on this. And the one thing I've noticed about, and I tweeted this at Jim Tara a couple of days ago in regards to Bo Bichette. I said he had Bryce Harper body evolution. What does that mean? When Bryce Harper first came up, if you remember, in 2012, and this is not just Bryce Harper, Manny Machado. I don't think Mike Trout was ever like this. He was just kind of always a bull. You talk about, you know, bull in a china shop. You're nicknamed yeah. bull. Mike Trout always kind of looked like a bull. Yeah. His body evolution, he didn't really, I don't know, his body must have matured by like age 13. But with Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, these, a lot of these players that come up when they're 19, 20, 21, 22 years old, and they're drafted out of high school and they're high prospects, a lot of times their bodies haven't fully matured. College hitters, their bodies have matured at that point because they're drafted when they're 21, 22. Mm -hmm. But I look at Bo now, and I've watched his two hits this year that he's had. Two hits, I, I haven't watched every at bat, but I've watched two hits that he's had this year. Both times he's been jammed. Both times he's muscled it out into the outfield, into center and into right center. A couple of years ago, he wouldn't have done that. And when I... I compare it to Bryce Harper because his first few years in the league, Bryce, he had that athleticism. He had the ability, the hitting ability, obviously he had the tools, but he didn't know how to completely use his body yet. That could put him ahead of his competition. And then in 2015, he came back after that offseason. Do you remember this? When he was, there's a picture of him when he was just yeah. jacked and you knew that he was going to have a big year and he went on to win the MVP. Now, Bo doesn't have the same body composition. Bo has great body composition. I believe that, that he's got the body to play Major League Baseball and to be a guy who's, who's going to be out there almost every day. He's not going to get hurt. But I don't see him getting too much stronger. I don't see him getting too much bigger because his body evolution is almost complete at this point. Where in a couple of years ago, it wasn't like that. Now, how does that relate to hitting? Okay, I'm going to stop rambling and let you let you comment on this in a second. How does that relate to hitting? That he, you have that body awareness and you understand as a major league player like Bo, you understand now what your body can do. It slows the game down for you mentally. So your body is kind of an inverted effect here. Your body is allowing your mind to slow down mentally because your body has reached that full evolution, especially at the plate. And I see that right now with Bo Bichette. So I want to just get your opinion on that, Jake, because obviously you scouting hitters, you working with hitters, you probably see this all the time. That age window between 19 and 22 when your body evolution is taking place, you don't know what your body is truly capable yet, yet of at the plate. Yeah, and that's why, you know, first rounders are easy picks, right? Because mm -hmm. those are they're Mike Trout. You know, Mike Trout did look like he was a man when he was 16. Um, and he was almost a man probably when he was 13 or 14. And you see that with some of the high international players that are signed. Um, not all of them. The who's the guy that the Padres signed is, you know, looks like a kid. Like, yeah, I mean, he's still yeah. a kid and he looks like a kid, but he just doesn't move like a kid. 
Right. And and that's where scouting is is a little bit different. I think there's two evolutions that you you spoke about. There, I think there's one in that twelve to fifteen year um, window for the majority of people out there. You know, the majority of people aren't going to be big leaguers, but the majority of the people will play baseball. And I think if we talk about a little bit, you know, there's a an eighth grade. I worked with two eighth graders the other day. And what, and they were actually had both had good size, you know, one's probably a hundred and he's probably five, nine, you know, 150 pounds. And the other one's six, four and 190 pounds in eighth grade. And he is a monster. He is big and he's strong and he's athletic, but I've been working with him for two years. And so I've seen that evolution of, oh my gosh, this guy can't even like walk into a room without stumbling. His feet are too big. His arms are too long. And so we don't have control over our body. And that's a big part. We don't see it as much with girls unless they're, they grow really, really fast all of a sudden. But with boys, they have this stage where they're growing and they're getting stronger. And you're absolutely right when we talk about having control of your body in the batter's box. You know, can we stride and hold our balance? Can we stride without jumping? Can we stride and be relaxed? And, and they go through these, you know, these issues of, I just can't control what my body's doing right now. So long story short with the big, the big beast of an eighth grader um, who might be the strongest eighth grader in the state of Colorado, we dialed everything down. I took away a lot of stuff the other day, just as, you know, we were just kind of working on a couple different things as swing direction and path to make sure, you, you know, he's just so strong and he, he wants to, he, he can pull anything and his arms are long. And all of a sudden, it looked like he was swinging at like 80%, and he was hitting the ball like one to two miles an hour less than when he swings all out. But his contact, his barrel percentage went up by like almost double, right? Almost 100% increase in that. So we have to kind of understand what players are doing. Now, getting back, sorry, I kind of got off on the younger players, but getting back to older players like Bichette, you know, strength equals confidence. When you put time in the weight room and you feel good and you feel strong and the bat feels lighter in your hands because of whatever reason, sometimes it's as silly as, you know, doing forearm exercises, you know, and your hands feel stronger and you grab that bat or, you know, you've been, you've just been busting it and you feel good. And all of a sudden you step in the box and you're like, you know what? I'm strong. I feel strong. Like you said, I can wait a split second longer. Maybe my swing my my time to contact is 0.15 seconds and point instead of 0.16 seconds. You know that's big. Uh, buddy of mine who um, I just followed it at his name is Greg Jacobs and he played uh, pro ball for a long time. But he was at Fullerton before me. The year before me he left and then I followed him into the Angels organization. Um, mm-hmm. Left handed hitter. He's kind of a two way guy. But he posted a picture of uh, Giancarlo Stanton's bat and it's 35 and a half inches. You know, it had a, it had the sticker, you know, his game and it had the size on it. You know, that's a big man swinging a big bat. And when you can do that, the density and the momentum of a bat that big. Now he could swing a 31 ounce bat and a 30, a 33 inch, 31 ounce bat a lot faster, but with him, it would probably pull off because he's so strong. So having that extra strength, using your body correctly, allows you to swing a bigger bat, which may allow your body to control it more. So we're not over swinging. And then obviously the the heavier the bat that you can swing, you know, the the more the ball's going to jump off of it, and the less you know, the less it's going to break. I remember people saying, you know, the old timers they didn't break as many bats, you know, maybe they didn't swing as hard or whatever. It's because all the bats were like thirty four ounces. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, they probably their bat speed wasn't as good as guys today, but they were hitting balls farther because the bat was bigger. So when you can have somebody like Stanton or Judge that can swing a big, heavy bat and they can swing it efficiently, it's pretty vicious. And that all comes down to, you know, what you were saying is strength and, and maybe filling into your body. And well, uh, it most definitely does take a little bit longer with the high school guys, for sure. Because college well, guys, you get to college. Sorry, Jim. No, <laughs> cut you off there. But um, you get to college, boom, it is weight room and it is food and it is nutrition. And it mm. is like they are on, especially if you go to a, a you know, a, a power five school where they have the money to invest in nutrition and, and you have your own strength coach and whatnot. But that's why those guys get so much bigger in college In the minor leagues. It's not as much of that because, you know, they play 140 games. So a lot of that filling out has to be done in the off season. You know, we've, we've talked on this show a lot about, I don't know about a lot. Maybe not as much, but we've we've mentioned it before about why do major league hitters why do they hit for more power when they get to the major leagues rather than when they get when they're in the minor leagues? Yeah. Well, the same principle or the same question could be applied with the same principle. Why do major league players always look bigger or their body composition grows when they get to the major league level as compared to when they're in the minor leagues? It's because they go through that body evolution at between ages, that second body evolution, as you mentioned, between ages 19 and 22, they get bigger, they get stronger. They care more about their nutrition. Um, They care more about their flexibility, their mobility, things like that. Anything they can do to take care of their body, they do it. And then they let the natural course of their body, their genes at that point take over. And a lot of times that's not a lot of times. That's almost every player I've seen who's played in the minor leagues, who has gotten to the major leagues, had they've had that body evolution machado's body when he was 26 was different from when he was in the minor leagues when at, at age 19 or 20 and it uh, this principle applies to Bo bichette also too another thing with hitters you mentioned you know them being allowed to wait longer and is that a fundamental i don't know i i'm i don't know but i'll say this when with hitters being able to wait longer and slowing the game down that comes because their bodies they're they've grown into their bodies and their bodies have reached that point of evolution where they can be successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're, and they're comfortable. They're comfortable yeah. in that body. The don't, we don't want to overlook the fact of, of money, you know, because you don't make any money in the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. We can talk about that. They just got a huge bump. They're almost doubling salaries in the minor leagues, but in the minor leagues, you, you don't really have any money. Um, obviously the, you know, the first couple rounders have a stash from their bonus, but everybody else doesn't have money and they're not fed very well. They're not fed great. And like I said, there's not a lot of time for, for extra work. I mean, you can, you can go in and get your morning lift in, but a lot of times you don't have an extra 20, $25 a day to invest in proper nutrition to get the most out of that workout. And all of a sudden they get to the big leagues and now the minimum is, you know, I don't know what the minimum is now, 575 or whatever the league minimum is. And they were making, you know, maybe $17,000 the year before. Well, that, that you know, is a, a big luxury, especially mm-hmm. in the off season where you don't have to work all the time. Now, all of a sudden you can just invest in yourself. And I think players are, are doing um, just that, you know, once they get that call up or that 40, 40 man ra- roster um, invite. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, any questions about that body evolution? Any questions about, you know, Bo Bichette, Vlad Guerrero, Manny Machado, all guys that should be used in hashtags? Um, and <laughs> uh, I, I sh- we should also say that Major League uniforms are custom fit. 
That's why they look better in Major League. Uh, yeah, but okay, but you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, Jake, Jake, fat, the fashion expert here. They're custom. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, they're taking measurements. They're taking measurements for spring training, man. They don't do that in the minor leagues. All right, that's fair. But high def. Now everything's high def. Now that's true too. Yeah, yeah, nice. Everything's high def on that um, streaming service that you have, that eighth streaming service that you're paying for. <laughs> <laughs> Episode one thirty six. Managing expectations. Any questions? Email us Podcast twenty one at gmail Follow us on social media at Jim Tara at Epstein Hitting. All right, you ready to get into today's topic? Managing expectations when you're a hitter. Managing expectations, that's the topic, but managing expectations as a hitter. Okay, I got a couple of quotes here. May I read it? By the way, I got this topic. I want to give credit to um, the place I got this topic from. I got this topic from the book, The Mental Game of Baseball by H.A. Dorfman. So, ha, Dorfman. H.A. <laughs> Dorfman. And Carl Kuhl as well. They wrote, Did you ever hear that? Hear about that book? The Mental oh, I read Game that book years ago, yeah, yeah. A couple times. My dad gave me that book. Yeah. Yeah, I got, I got, I've read that. I've read that book as well, and I have that book along with another book about coaching that has all of these like future topic examples for later on. So that should get us to episode six hundred. <laughs> <laughs> but I have a lot of, uh, yeah, I have a lot of good future topics as I mentioned earlier, and this is one of them today. To kind of taking a break from specific hitting and and fundamentals and mechanics and the mental side of hitting and talking more about the mental side of baseball as it pertains to hitting here. And again, managing expectations. Thank you to H.A. Dorfman and Carl Kuhl for giving us this topic today. I've got two quotes here I want to read to you, though. All right, here we go. First quote. I'll say it's from Anonymous because I don't know who I got it from. You can make anything happen if you put your mind to it. And if you put your mind to anything, you can achieve it. Is there anybody, by the way, in the room with you right now? No. Okay. And I ask this because I want to say to these quotes, they are complete and utter bullshit. <laughs> you know why they're bullshit, Jake, when it comes to they base, sound good. baseball. They sound good. But you know why? If you expect yourself, you go into a season expecting yourself to hit 400, you're not going to do it. If you go into the season with a goal saying, I'm going to hit 500, you're not going to do it. It's impossible. Game's too hard. So that's where this topic comes into play today, managing your goals and managing your proper expectations to get the most out of your 2023, 2024, 2025, 2026, et cetera, et cetera, season. That's where this topic comes from today. So yeah. ignore the quotes of saying, I, I can, my, I'm putting my mind to it. I can make it happen. No, you can't. You can't make it happen. It's the wrong mindset. You can't make it happen because it's the wrong mindset. Managing your expectations, managing your goals. Well, I think the key to that is managing, you know, the, the word managing. It's not just saying, well, you know what? I think I would like to hit, you know, nine home runs my high school season this year, and I'd want to hit 500. You know, where, where are we pulling that out from? So, you know, figuring out what is attainable and what is better than I, you know, what I did last year. You know, what is, where do I need to be to be, maybe I would like to drive in more runs. Okay. Well, we didn't say I need to drive in a hundred runs. I need to drive in more runs than I drove in last year. Okay. I need to be a little bit smarter with runners in scoring position. I need to be a little bit better with my, um, 
my plan when I go to the plate when there's runners on second or if there's a runner on first base and whatever the situation dictates. Maybe I let that runner at first base try to steal second base. Maybe I give him a pitch or two to do that because he's got pretty good wheels. So a lot goes into that. But, yes, putting external pressure on yourself is pretty much the worst thing you could do as a hitter. Going in there and saying, I have to, right? I have to do this. And then, oh, crap, I'm 0 for 2 to start the year. Oh, now I have to get four hits in my next six at-bats in order to get back. Oh, gosh, I I made it out again. Now I'm 0 for 3. And then everything kind of snowballs from there. So baseball is a game, and we've heard this before, and it seems trivial, but it is. It's one It's one game at a time. It's one inning at a time. It's one, one at-bat at a time. It's one pitch at a time. And if you stick to that, if you have an overall goal of, you know what, I'm going to work harder this year, right? I'm going to see more pitches. Okay, that's good. Or you know what? I'm going to be more aggressive early in the count. I'm not going to give away strikes. Whatever you need to work on. Some people that I coach, um, in fact, there's a, there's a player, a college player I work I work with um, mm-hmm. and I have for a long time. And, and he started the year and he was pretty good. Like I turned on the TV. I'm like, wow, he's swinging at OO curveballs. But it was a hanger. And he got a he got a good swing at it. he fouled it off, but he got a good swing at it like he looks comfortable in the box. And then mm-hmm. a couple of weeks later, he's not hitting the ball very well. And I'm watching games and he's like taking strike one, you know, fastball down the middle. Where even if you foul it off or you swing through it, it's like, okay, I feel good. You know, I I took a good swing at that. And he's a guy that has to swing early in the count because with two strikes, he's not great. Okay. Versus players that, you know what, I have my own kids really good with two strikes. So I'm fine with her working the count a little bit more. So know who you are, you know, as a player say, um, you know, I want to work more walks. I want to increase my on-base percentage. Well, are are you that kind of player that can see a lot of pitches and get deep in counts? If you're not, then that's not going to work. So mentally expectations, it's typically pressure you're putting on yourselves or other people. Um, When I was at Mizzou, um, other people's expectations were you're going to finish absolutely last in the SEC. And we said, thank you very much. And we printed it out and we put it in our dugout before every single game. And, and we ended up a mean machine. Mean yeah, machine. it's like, okay, that's what people think of us because we have the That movie worst... was on, by the way, the other night. That's why I What's had to bring that? it up. That movie yeah. was on the other night. That's why I had to bring it up. Okay, that's good. But anyway, you know, sorry, are, go ahead. Those are no, it's other people's expectations. They're not in the locker room. They don't know what you are. You know, they don't know what, <clears throat> what you feel like and what you go through. They just look at okay, you're your facilities are the worst in the SEC and your budget is the smallest. And um, well, you guys are real scrappy, but you know, we think you're going to finish last. And every year they, they're picked to finish last and um, every year they don't, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's just kind of the way it is. So those expectations are different, but on the other end, if you're say Tennessee this year and it's like, okay, expectations are high, right? You guys are expected to blow everybody out, you know, in the SEC and then opening weekend, they get swept by Missouri. Right. Yeah. I mean, that. Whoa. Like, where did that come from? And that's the pressure. I was part of a, my high school team. We were ranked number one in the country. And back then there was no social media or anything, but there was collegiate baseball news. And it ranked you ranked us number one in the country. And holy cow, we had new uniforms and, you know, all kinds of stuff. We went out and lost our first game. We ditched the new uniforms and went back to the gross, ugly T-shirts that helped us win the year before. So external expectations, you got to just take that with a grain of salt. It doesn't matter. It's kind of like the whole preseason All-American. Really? I was say, too, I mean, there's those those external expectations. That, that's the point of today's episode as well, managing those external expectations. Yeah. 
your team is expected to do this, or you're expect you're a preseason all American and you're yeah. expected to do this and analytical departments or analytical interns in, in college programs are saying that you're projected to hit this. And those are added pressures as well with those external expectations that you also have to manage as a player. Yeah. I have a couple of players this year in college that are potential first rounders. Man, that's, you know, they've been great players every single year working their way up. And all of a sudden they see that and it's like, whoa, you know, now I have an agent. Now I have to make sure that I don't let everybody down, you know, and, and I got to hit 320 this year and I got to do this and not make any errors. In the, and it's just, you put that extra pressure on yourself and it just doesn't work in this game. Um, so I, I guess getting back to basics with this is take take the external stuff if you can and flush it down the toilet. Okay, like whether it's good external or bad, whether you're Missouri and they say you guys stink, whatever, or you're Tennessee and they say you're going to win everything and they put that pressure on you, whatever. Okay, you go into the season doing what you do, you know, sticking with your strengths and probably most importantly, attainable goals. Attainable goals. I want to maybe not hit this or hit that, but it's, you know what, I'm going to dedicate five minutes a day to relaxation and visualization. I'm going to spend 10 minutes a day uh, doing my mechanical drills before practice. I'm going to spend X amount of time making sure my homework's done, you know, from nine to 10 PM, I'm making sure that that's study time only, um, you know, whatever it is, you have to be deliberate with your goals and your schedule in order to attain them. If you just throw it out there and say, I want to do this or I want to do that, that, that's not that's not a goal. That's not those aren't realistic expectations. You really have to plan it out and you really have to write it out. And I would suggest not writing it on a computer, but writing it out with a, you know, a pen and a piece of paper of what you want to accomplish this year. And then how do you go about accomplishing those goals that you set for yourself? Okay, I was just going to ask how to develop proper goals that you get, can get yourself into that flow state, right? That's what they talk about in the mental game of baseball, getting yourself mentally into that flow state where everything's just easy. How do you develop those proper goals and manage those expectations for yourself to get you quicker into that flow state? Confidence and sticking to the routine that you set for yourself. So as I was kind of mentioning, maybe there's a relaxation time, uh, you know, before you head to the ballpark, you know, it, it doesn't need to be a very long time, but where you relax and you get into that and then you stick to that routine. So every day, you know, you're going to play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, you're going to play probably a Tuesday midweek. Um, you know, you're going to have practice. You're going to, you know, you're going to have this, you know, Mondays are going to typically be your off day after travel. So being organized with your time and, and managing your time correctly is, is really the best way to do it. And staying within that routine where it's like, Oh, I got a game today, but um, I didn't do this or I didn't do that or I slept in too long and now all of a sudden I can't do my visualization or relaxation. I can't get my um, tea work done or my mechanical stuff done and all of a sudden I'm rushing into the batter's box. Okay, That's like the worst thing that could happen. So trusting the routine that you've made for yourself is going to be the best way to get into that that flow or that confident feeling when you get into the batter's box. All right. Very good. Um I think we pretty much covered everything today. Quick topic, managing expectations. By the way, I just want to say this too. There are expectations that you can have outside of baseball or outside of playing within the lines, like, you know, uh, getting stronger in the weight room and setting yeah. realistic goals in the weight room that could help your performance on the field or setting a nutritional 
goal for yourself. Things like that, that Absolutely. are certainly a lot easier goals wise and managing those expectations than the ones that are within the white lines where there's so many external factors that are just out of your control. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, saying, look, I want to put on 10 pounds of muscle or, mm -hmm. or I need to drop, you know, 10 pounds of extra weight that I'm carrying that I shouldn't carry. You know, that's, you, you can chart that, you know, that's black and white. You get on the scale and, um, or I want to increase my, you know, squat by, you know, whatever, 5%, you know, or my deadlift, you, you can chart that. Oh, in four weeks I did this and that, but again, that's all confidence, right? Look mm -hmm. at what I did. Look at what I did in the weight room, man. I feel great. Now we go take a ball and we, we're taking batting practice, maybe with a hit tracks or rep Soto or track man or whatever you want to use. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden, instead of you topping out at, you know, we'll, we'll say a high school player, we're topping out at 95 miles an hour. Now, all of a sudden we're at like 98, man, I put in the work here, check that off. I put in the work with nutrition, check that off. Now look at those results. I'm saying I'm hitting the ball harder. I'm hitting the ball farther. Now, all of a sudden there's your flow, right? I'm feeling pretty darn good about myself. Let's get this season going. Yeah. And a reminder too, that sometimes you expect things when, and this goes for players in colder climates, the Northeast climate, even in Colorado as well. When you're in the off season and you're working out in the cage, maybe you're seeing live pitching in the cage against against pitchers that you may face out on the field. You may do good, you may do bad, and you're able to gain some expectation from how you, your season might go based off that. I and And this goes for data as well. It's kind of a smokescreen. It doesn't exactly tell you the whole story because there's a lot of other factors that are involved. So players have to be careful going down that rabbit hole too of managing their expectations based off previous results within a batting cage and within certain data points that they may have hit in the batting cage that doesn't translate on the field yet. That's exactly right. You know, it only matters what you do on the field. Right. <laughs> it really does. Like, I don't care how good you look in a cage. I mean, I do because I want you to be confident and I want you to work on the right stuff. But, you know, guys that go to a showcase and hit a ball off a tee 100 miles an hour, I'm really happy for you. Um, yeah. I could probably take some football players at any Division One program. In fact, I'm going to tell you a story. Oh, I like stories. Yeah, I'm going to tell you a story of – a quarterback, I was working with, um, I'm sure, we, yeah, like, uh, you could say his name anyway, um, Ali Shipman, who's the, the catcher at uh, University of Alabama now, she's the mm -hmm. new catcher, great athlete, great player, great hitter, um, and uh, so anyway, she was out in Colorado, and uh, her, her, you know, somebody, her friend plays football at CU. So mm. he he rolled in to like watch us do. The so he's playing time. for Neon Dion. He yes, I don't know if he still is. This was last summer, okay. and I know Dion's shuffled everything up. But yeah. this dude rolls in, and yeah, you know, super nice guy, right? Like you know, into it, and, and and he's a football player. Like he you know he doesn't play baseball. I was like, you know, when was the last time you played baseball? Where she? He's like, oh, I played baseball in high school. You know. I, I don't know, five years ago, four years ago, whatever was my last year playing baseball. I was like, let me throw you some. And not a huge, massive guy. Anyway, I throw him softballs because that's what I was throwing Allie. And he hits the softball like 96 miles an hour in front toss. 
never seen that number in my life. Pretty good exit velocity, yeah. With a sub, I mean, the, there might be a couple softball players in the country that can hit a softball uh, uh, 90 miles an hour, okay, 90, 91. And that's with a college ball that has a higher compression than the balls I was using, which were BP balls. And he hit a ton of them. And I'm like, are you kidding me? But here's a guy that's super athletic, big and strong, creates a lot of bat speed. If we put him in a game, he would have no chance of hitting a ball. Okay. And that's why it's so important that we perform in games, right? We, we practice, we practice, we practice, but what you do in practice isn't going to get you to have success in the game. You have to practice the right way. If you're in the cage and you're trying to practice at a, at 110% hit balls as hard as you possibly can and hit them as far as you possibly can off of regular BP and not a machine throwing, you know, 85 to 95 you're really doing yourself a disservice, okay? Like it's it's going to hurt you and you're going to get exposed once you get into the batter's box in a game. So make sure you're training the right way. That's the best thing I can tell you. That's a, that's a great way to end today's show. Make sure you're training the right way. Train the right way. And it'll be easy, a lot easier to then manage your expectations and set your goals. <laughs> For sure. Right? All right, very good. Cross-functionality this week, Cassie, Riley, Bosha, and I, every Wednesday, new episodes, 9 a.m. Find us, Softball Strength Academy YouTube page, watch the show, Apple, Google, Spotify to listen, leave a review, and email us, Podcast 21 at gmail.com. You got anything else before we get out of here? I do not, sir. I hope everyone uh, has a wonderful week getting ready for the uh, Easter weekend slash yeah. Masters weekend. You love the Masters. I do love the Masters. So do Jim Nance too. Jim Nance can't get can't wait to get out of the Final Four and get out of the NCAA tournament and get to the Masters. This is true. Saturday and Sunday, Sunday afternoon, like the last nine holes of the Masters is like probably my favorite TV of the year. It's about two hours, two two and a half hours of hopefully close competition with and a you're lot gonna of press. Talk about guys managing expectations and yeah. trying to keep their blood pressure down. Back nine at, at the at the Masters on Sunday is about as stressful as it gets. Yeah, I uh, I'm not a big golfer. In fact, I I've told this maybe I've told this story before. I've broken two of my dad's clubs before when I've gone to the driving range. So I'm not a big golfer. That just um, means you have extreme club head speed, Jim. It does that. What that means yeah. I, a, I have a baseball swing. That's, That's all right. You're moving that sucker too fast. I, will, I for, know for what's in there. I felt, I felt, you know, like when I broke these gloves years ago, I really felt like that thing was just whipping through. It was, yeah. You just need a, a stronger shaft, Jim. <laughs> no, I mean, that, that's a true uh, statement. That's not a uh, not a funny statement. It's a true. No, statement. it's, it's true. I need a, I need a stronger shaft. Yeah, you'll need a you need an extra stiff shaft. I need an extra stiff shaft. Mm -hmm. And then you won't break the clubs. And I won't. Gotcha. Okay. Episode one thirty six. Episode 137 coming up here. Batters Box Subtleties. Thank you for watching and listening, everybody. And we will talk to you soon. Have a great week.